0: In church, we can use words like Reformed and Presbyterian and even John Calvin. It can be confusing and leave us asking, Presby who? In these six sessions, we will consider six of the main beliefs of Presbyterian faith and why they matter. Hello there, everyone. It's Pastor Tasha, and we're with Presby who? our series on what Presbyterians believe. And I am not alone here today. Uh, Who else is in this room?
1: It's Phil Blackburn.
0: Yes, it is us together. And we are moving on to a topic that is not of this world, actually. Um, we're talking about the future life or the life to come today and what Presbyterians and Reformed people believe about it. First, uh, just so you can use this at the next fancy party you are at, the whole there's a name for this whole uh, part of our belief system and it's called eschatology. Eschatology just means um, what we believe about the end, the capital T, capital E, end about our life to come. So eschatology is what we're talking about today, and you can sound fancy uh, the next time you're at a party. I know you like to throw that word around, Phil.
1: I do, I like that word. And so just, just as, a, as a PSA before we even get started, this will have some overlap with my conversation with Jan Steck earlier this week about heaven mm-hmm. uh, in Revelation. So there, there's going to be, like we talk, in, we talk in that podcast about eschatology and my even, a term I like even better, realized eschatology, Tasha. Oh,
0: boy.
1: Love some realized eschatology. That's for
0: the extra fancy mm-hmm. parts. Yeah, yes.
1: that's when you really need to impress somebody with your uh, Master of Divinity degree.
0: Well, I think that in that podcast, you talked, you focused more on the heaven, the vision of heaven we see in Revelation. Yeah, right? I would
1: say, yeah, I think by the end, the way I wanted to say it is like heaven's vibe, and Revelation. What's the vibe? vibe.
0: It's a vibe. What's the
1: vibe in heaven?
0: Well, I want to start today by, you know, it's not just the book of Revelation that shows us images of heaven. It's not? Yes, we have several scriptures that talk about it, and here's just one of them. It comes from Micah chapter 4 if you want to look it up and look at it further, but here's just a little bit of it. Um, In that chapter it writes, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples, arbitrate between strong nations. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And then it ends, those verses end with, and no one shall make them afraid. And so it's this beautiful image that we have of heaven. In this case, it's called the mountain of the Lord. um, That we're going to know we're in heaven Um, if God's instruction is going out. We're going to know we're in heaven Um, if he's judging between peoples. We're going to know we're in heaven if there's no need for swords anymore. If there's no need for anybody to be afraid anymore. This is a vision of heaven that we get from the scriptures, which... I want to point out a couple of these because it's kind of different from the image we get from Hallmark cards or, or from you know, touched by an angel. Uh, that old series. I don't know if any of you watched it. So, what we get in scripture is a little bit different, maybe, than some of those things. This is not necessarily talking about an otherworldly place. It's just a. It's just this place redeemed yes Um, is heaven and we get a little bit of a version of that its partner kind of in that revelation passage that you guys probably talked a lot about and that most of our listeners may have memorized that whole there's a new heaven and a new earth and in this new heaven and new earth God's with them God's their light they don't even need lamps because God's their light Um, there's no need for crying Mm -hmm. there's no more death Um, there's no more pain because all of that has passed away. So we get that one from Revelation 21. And that's two images. Revelation is a little more otherworldly than the Micah one is, um, but still it's like this new heaven and this new earth. Something's getting redeemed all around here, you know, and that's how we're going to know it's heaven. So how do you think that compares with what some folks talk about as heaven? I mean...
1: I think we've gotten... Uh, And and again, I feel like I've been on heaven all week uh, between Sunday school, the podcast with Jan, and now, now. Um, But we've gotten pretty sloppy. If we ever had good theology around it, we don't now. Mm -hmm. Because we get things at a funeral like, well, I'm sure old Bob's up there with a cold one with his fishing pole in the lake.
0: Yeah, sitting on a cloud.
1: Sitting on a cloud. Or like, I'm sure so-and-so is watching over me. Um, I don't mean to mock anything uh and any belief that you might have but you just know like from a Christian theology perspective or from the Bible those are not things.
0: Yeah we don't get it from scripture.
1: No, those are just kind of what we would like. We would like to feel like uh heaven is our best day. You know? Yes. Well what's our best day? And that's kinda of what we make heaven. And then we would also like to think that the person whom we love that isn't here is somehow still directly communing with us. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And if they are, if they aren't, that is separate from Mm -hmm. our beliefs about the next life. Yes. Uh, We don't get any evidence of that um, in Scripture.
1: No. There's some great, I think, things to refer people to that capture more. Like, first of all, heaven's about communing with God, fully with God. Yes. Uh, It's not about, you know, getting the gang back together. Um, yes,
0: it's it's almost... I think sometimes that Jordan River image mm-hmm. is actually a, a really good image, like crossing the Jordan mm-hmm. sort of idea is an old Christian mm-hmm. image. Um, but that whole idea is like coming home. Yes. And so heaven is coming home. Yeah. But it's coming home to the one who created you. Yes. It's coming home to God. Yes. Um, and being reunited and at one with him.
1: Yes. And so, you know, there's there's good images of this throughout popular culture, I think, We've talked a lot about um, C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, Mm -hmm. is a really good image, I think, uh, that's evocative Mm -hmm. of what I think is a more kind of Christian understanding of hope um, Mm -hmm. and the role we play in that. There's a great movie by a man named Terrence Malick called The Tree of Life, Mm -hmm. um, which is not for everybody. It's Mm -hmm. a bit odd.
0: Neither is The Great Divorce, Neither is by the, the Great way. Divorce. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: But there's really beautiful scenes in Malak that he never, in that movie, that never are named the resurrection, but that's what they are. Um, and w- w- those are really excellent um, in terms of trying to capture what I think is, it, back on my word of the day, vibe that Scripture is trying to get to. A
0: little tighter joining to yes. what we read in Scripture than yes. maybe some, some teachings we have. Um, you know, I'd also say that one thing that... Um, I don't know if it's peculiar to reform people or unique to reform Christians, but it certainly is important to us that we get this from Calvin um, that since he felt hell was a loss of relationship and heaven Mm -hmm. is the relationship. And so he felt like that that does happen in the life to come, but we also get glimpses of it. We get moments of it here and now. So there's this now and not yet component to heaven. Uh, for Reformed Christians, mm-hmm. that um, God is at work uh, building heaven here and now. That's a right. hard thing to say when we turn on our televisions, mm-hmm. when we open our eyes to our news feed. Um, that's a that is a countercultural mm-hmm. and counterintuitive thing to say, but it is one of our firm hopes that even here and now, God is building heaven.
1: Yeah, so this gets to that realized eschatology mm-hmm. piece, that's that, that's you the name. You keep throwing that around. Well, that's that's the name. That's why I like that phrase. And I feel like we're smart enough uh, to learn, that, learn new phrases. And that's what that means. It means there are parts of the end that we are dragging into the present. Yes. Um, and so I think what's helpful to think about with God and what he's doing, his project, um, is God's going to recycle. God is not going to destroy or obliterate. So in terms of redemption, what do we believe? Do we believe that our bodies just fall away and we go up into heaven as a spirit? No, we believe in the resurrection of the body. Mm -hmm. Your body has value. When we think of the end, do we think of leaving earth behind and going up to heaven? No, we think of a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem and this great coming together Mm -hmm. of all aspects of creation. So God takes the things that are some of the most limiting our bodies, our world, uh, and redeems those things. Mm -hmm. So God's not interested in separating us from here. God's interest is in fulfilling Mm -hmm. what's here.
0: I love how you say it's God's project because that is great. There's no waste. There's no waste in God's project. This has all been meaningful to him. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, uh, we believe God is a creator. God can't help but create. That's what God loves to do Mm -hmm. is create. Um, And so there's no walking away from it. There is just creating and pressing Mm -hmm. until it's redeemed.
1: Yes. I mean, if you want a good glimpse of heaven, look what God made originally.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so that goes back to Genesis Mm -hmm. and the beauty of nature, of light, Mm -hmm. of the heavenly bodies, of, you know, the plants of the field, of the birds of the air, um, the garden. Like this is what God created originally. Mm -hmm. Um, God would walk through the garden at the time of the evening breeze. Isn't that
0: a great phrase? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, and then at the end, we're told that there's no sun in the new Jerusalem because God is the light. And there's a river that flows through it. And there are trees and they bear fruit every month. And the leaves are for the healing of the nations. So there's no way to conceive of heaven without conceiving of creation. Mm -hmm. So that has a lot of ramifications, but that gets back to that point of like, you don't wait around for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like there's
1: a reason people have a visceral reaction to a beautiful morning or to a mountain mm-hmm. or to a great vista mm-hmm. or to a crystal clear river.
0: You you acknowledge it, recognize it, and stand in awe of it. Yes. Even here and now.
1: Yes. No matter what your faith is, as humans, we are conditioned by and large to view those things uh, with awe
0: mm-hmm.
1: and wonder. So when we think about heaven, we're, we're selling the project short if we just think of it as a cloud or some city with streets paved with gold and or That our
0: present circumstances, we need an escape pod. Right. Uh, we don't need an escape pod. This is God's will. Right. Um, and and it will not be thwarted. Right. <laughs> yeah. So some things we don't. Uh, I will say just to clarify, some things we don't believe about the end and about heaven. We do not believe that we can read the scriptures as a blueprint. Um, And if we could just figure out every line of language, we would have the chronology down, we'd have the timeline down, and we could match it up to like events in the newspaper, right? We don't believe that that's how scripture works. We don't believe that's the message that things like the book of Daniel or the book of uh, Thessalonians or the book of Revelation are trying to say. We believe they are revealing visions, um, but we don't believe they're revealing blueprints. And so we don't really have interest in that. Um, if people want to read books mm-hmm. uh, that talk about, well, this is how we know it's the end, that's fine. Read it uh, for, <laughs> you know, I guess enjoyment purposes. But we remember that Jesus himself said he, even he doesn't know the timeline. He said the angels in heaven don't know the timeline. Neither does the son. Only the father knows the timeline. So if we remember that, Um, then read whatever book you want, but they don't know the timeline either. And that's not how we read the Bible. Um, And we also believe that what we find in Scripture is that we don't need to be anxious about the end. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be anxious about the life to come, Um, which I think should lead us to some of the things we do uh, believe about the end and about heaven. There's kind of three basic things. I'll just say them, Phil, and then let's talk about them. We do, as Reformed Christians, hold to one of the most basic affirmations of the faith. It was one of the earliest faith statements. Uh, we believe that Jesus will come again. Uh, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again, right? We often say that at communion. So we believe Jesus will come again. We believe that judgment in some form does happen. And we believe that we have ultimate destinies. We do believe those things. Any of those you kind of want to tackle first?
1: Well, um, you know, I, I think they're just good as values because the more we talk about them, I think the more we cheapen them. Um, like Jesus will come again, and then we start getting into oh, there's a war in the Middle East, that means Jesus is know, coming we're back soon. back to the blueprint. Oh, there's a hurricane, that means Jesus. No, don't do that. So just acknowledge this is a core part of our beliefs, but then, like Tasha said, don't try to read the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Judgment happens. We all yes, judgment happens. But then we start getting bogged down again. Well, who gets judged, and how do they get judged, and who's going to heaven, and who's going to hell? Nope. Stop. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, uh, we have ultimate destinies in the sense that we are part of something greater than ourselves. We're part of God's plan. But again, it's God's plan. It's not our plan. We don't control it. We don't have any say in it. We're along for the ride in a lot of senses. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of what you've acknowledged here our wonderful values until we start trying to exert control. Mm
0: -hmm. Who's in charge here? Right. And the very next words need to be, not me. Not
1: me, right.
0: (laughs) We don't like that, Mm -hmm. though, very much. I mean, I don't like that. Uh, So it's very hard to always remind ourselves who is creature and who Mm -hmm. is creator. Yep.
1: So, I mean, I think it's important to say, as somebody who has been a pastor for a while and has theological education, and I don't know that we do this well enough, if someone tells you they know when Jesus is returning, or if someone tells you they know who's going to heaven or who's going to hell, let me be as clear as I possibly can. They are lying to you. Now maybe they Or they're, to themselves. Or, or to themselves. It's either a willful lie, or they are simply ignorant enough to believe that they can deduce these things. Mm-hmm. They are lying to you. Mm-hmm. And so don't get bogged down in that. Mm-hmm. Don't get hung up on that. That is not what's laid before us. There are so many things that are laid before us that we need to think about and do. Those aren't them. And so we trust in our ultimate destiny. We trust that Jesus is the judge. The lamb is the judge. Mm -hmm. And we trust uh, certainly um, that Jesus will come again and that that return will be just. Mm -hmm. And it will fulfill God's promises. We trust those things, but we don't control them and we don't own them. They don't belong to us.
0: Yeah, I think an incredibly important faith word there is trust. Versus control. Um, And so much of our life of faith is trying to drag ourselves from control back to trust. Oh, wait, I'm finding myself in control mode again. Mm -hmm. Back to trust. Um, Because who can you trust? Can you trust the judge? We've talked about this in some other podcasts as well over heaven and hell. But can you trust the judge? Uh, Because as you point out, everything in Scripture does point us to the one who is the judge is Christ, and he is also the one who's the redeemer. So it's the redeemer who was, who, who will judge us. Now, does that mean that I know exactly what's going to happen? Absolutely not. I don't. But do I trust him as judge? Do I trust that he also is the redeemer? Yes, I do.
1: And so that gets us back to your previous point of like, if you sat there and you think, well, I have a lot of anxiety about
0: death. Yes. I have a
1: lot of fear of death. That doesn't mean you're unfaithful. No. It it but it does mean that y- you should interrogate those ideas and then also think about okay, to what does it mean for me to say I trust Jesus? Mm-hmm. Trusting Jesus is what remedies those things. And nobody's trust is perfect or flawless.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I would I would not want anybody hearing to think. Oh, yeah, Tasha's got it all the time. No. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, I have it. You know, I can say very clearly, on a pretty ordinary sunny day, I trust the judge. But there are moments in my mm. own life, and there will be again, mm. where it's an hour-by-hour hour yes, <laughs> a reflection and an hour-by-hour hour prayer, you know uh what who is it that says it uh in the new testament i i believe help my own belief help my unbelief mm-hmm. i mean it's both i i trust you as judge help me trust you as judge you know you go back and forth mm-hmm. yes um, all the time yes uh you know i w- in in the in person class i quoted to them you know i don't think a lot of folks uh Study the Heidelberg Catechism. I know you and I don't. Uh, it's from hundreds Speak of years for yourself. Ago. Oh, right. Yeah. But I do want to share with you question one of the entire, like this long catechism and confession is this. I think it is beautiful language. What is your only comfort in life and in death? That's the question one. What is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is this, that I belong, body and soul, in life and in death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. That that's our only comfort in life and in death. It's the same comfort, you know, in this life and in the life to come, is that I don't belong to myself, but I know who I belong to and that that's a faithful Savior. Mm-hmm. And so when I when we think about death, yeah, we have anxiety. And we may not even have anxiety about our own death per se, but we have anxiety about someone else's death. Um, that is absolutely natural, It just points to the gift of life, you know, and and that it is this gift. Of course it does. But to remind ourselves, my comfort is that I'm not my own Mm -hmm. and never have been. Um, So we're not, you know, on our most perfect faith days, we're not to be anxious about death. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not to be anxious about judgment.
1: Yeah. I think the way to think about it is just what are you bringing to the conversation? Like when you're anxious about death, when you're scared, you just bring, this is the part of your faith you're bringing to the conversation. Mm-hmm. You don't control it, but you mm-hmm. trust. So that's, you know, any time in your head that you're working through something, it's a conversation. At least it is in my brain. It's an ongoing conversation. And so what voices have a seat at that table? Yeah. This is the voice from your faith that has the seat at that table.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. And then if we were if we're anxious about death uh, in terms of the, it, the big change in our lives, then that's one thing. If we're anxious about death because of judgment, um, I, I just want to share just a very, very brief John Calvin quote. He because I think he puts it so well. He says, we shall be brought before no other judgment seat than that of our Redeemer. What we were saying before, the one who judges is also the one who redeems. I mean, we remember from John 3, um, God sent his son into this world to save the world, not to condemn it. God's goal is salvation. God's goal is redemption. And God sent his son Jesus to do that work, and that's who the judge is. Does that mean I have it all figured out? Absolutely not. I don't have it all figured out, but I have to trust that the one who was sent to redeem will be the most faithful judge there could be. Exactly. I'd rather be judged by him than, like, our children, for uh, example. Uh, we yes. have two teenagers. So, I mean, it would be lights out for me. <laughs>
1: right. We we don't want to deal with that. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, I'll take him as judge. Yes. Yeah, all day long. All day long. So we really... Um, or the Labrador. <laughs> the Labrador would judge me harshly yes. as well, I think. We have one of those, too. But I, I think... I don't want this to come off as flippant, because uh, we are both well aware of how much anxiety folks can have around these issues. But really, as Christians, as Reformed Christians, we our great hope and trust is that we do not need to fear death. We do not need to fear a uh, future judgment, and we do not need to fear the future. Um, that, as you mentioned, this whole like tugging. Um, toward like like that what was that that realized eschatology right there's already parts here that are tugging us toward God's will being done well we believe it can't be thwarted so that's also a pretty difficult statement to make as we have horrible news you know in our in our newspapers and news feeds but we believe God's will cannot be thwarted so we don't even need to be anxious about the future um, it, it is in God's hands. It's an issue of trust, not of control. Back to that. Back to that. I, we always seem to come back to that, don't we? Trust,
1: Phil? not control. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Tasha, any final thoughts
0: for us? Well, next week we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to go back to this life. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the Christian community um, and uh, being in church life together. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. Next week.
1: Great. And we will see you then. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Peace. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Presby Who on the One Prez Pod with me, Phil Blackburn, and my co-pilot, Tasha Blackburn. Be sure to like and review this podcast wherever you've received it and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace.